0: to connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast, and also to connect to your lovely hosts.
1: Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm Natasha Legero.
0: And I'm her wife, Natasha Legero Casher.
1: And welcome to our COVID den.
0: Hi, thank you for joining. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you know. If you're listening at home, you're unaware of the fact that Natasha is dressed like a, an Italian harlequin tonight. <laughs> like, a, like a traveling bauble seller that juggles silken balls that came to your Italian town in the medieval ages just before the Black Plague when things no. were still fun.
1: A long time ago, I realized that children's tutus looked good on, around your neck. <laughs> it's like an instant outfit.
0: You know, uh, in our household... We have, you know, every good relationship. One of the signs of a strong, healthy relationship is that you create a secret dialogue. You know, secret jargon in a relationship. It means you have a healthy, strong relationship. And one of our bits of jargon is when I say "leggero" quotes after you say something particular leggero esque, and I would say the Harlequin uh, children's tutu as a as a cuff, being a beautiful outfit shortcut, is an ultimate leggero quote.
1: Well, Mosh, we have to do something right now.
0: You know, another Legero-ism I just noticed that I thought would be kind of fun to bring to the pod. Yes. Well, upstairs, um, we have these chairs that are on they are on wheels. They're nice. <laughs> they're on wheels. And one of the chairs we put our children, our, our child's... Um,
1: it's a dining room chair.
0: Right. Uh, it's a dining room chair. And one of the chairs has a booster on it. But because they're, ve- they're covered in velvet, the booster has been covered by a blanket so that it doesn't get on the velvet. So anyway, I was talking to Natasha and, you know, I have a bit of swagger when I walk around. You know, I'm kind of cock of the walk, would you say? Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've got a healthy self-image. And I kind of like, you know, just sat down all, as you were saying, like with a lot of ego, you know, like the way mm-hmm. you can sit. You know, you don't just like sit down meekly. You sit down like a king. And... It was the chair with the uh, booster chair on it. And I started sliding backwards. And I did, I would say like a... um, I don't know. How would you describe it? Like a Gomer pile. (laughs) Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Across the entire dining room, continuing to slide back and back. And it was funny. It was funny. I'm sure I looked a a real fool, Natasha. Did I? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But um, the reaction was so... You laughed at me so hard. You didn't even for a split second wonder if I was okay. I mean, not even for a moment.
1: I knew you were okay.
0: But that made me think, you know, what's, here's a real Leggeroism for you folks listening. I have never hurt myself in this relationship. I mean, I think never is not overstating it. I've never physically hurt myself. And had you say, are you okay? It's either a cold blank stare or um, a a hardcore Harlequin laugh. <laughs> rip rip roaring. <laughs> a rip or a cackle or a hardened stare. It's either a why did you do that or I'm amused that you did that.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I'll try to start. I don't know, shedding a tear the next time you skin your knee or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, could you shed a tear when I skin my knee? Because
1: you overreact. Like you'll like barely bump yourself and act like you've been shot.
0: But that, how would you know how I feel like? Because
1: I could see the impact wasn't that big, but it was still <laughs> hard on you. Like for your react, your reaction always seems a little bigger than.
0: <laughs> than is justified. Yes, You know what's. So no-
1: I stopped asking.
0: You never asked that. You didn't stop. But you know, what's like what's normal in a relationship. Like when you hurt yourself, even the most minor way, what do I do? I go, oh my God, are you okay? I've never experienced that. I've never had that experience. I I only get you opening up a satchel of silken balls and saying, I know a trick that can distract you from your pain. It is the way of the Mungianis. And then you juggle.
1: (gasps) That is what I do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that is what you do.
1: No, I just realized it, but I'm just like such a solver. All I want to do is like solve the problem. So I just walk around all day like solving things. I want to solve this. I want to solve that. And then like I have to like think about solving what's happening in the world and obviously i could never do that and i'm trying to figure out how to be and what yeah
0: that's right today we were i was uh i overslept i took a nap and i overslept and i had a call in like one minute and i walked in to the kitchen to like quickly give natasha a kiss and she was like, she rebuffed the kiss.
1: I was listening to my, I was listening to a podcast. She
0: rebuffed the kiss, and she goes, "Oh my god, what was the information that you gave me?" I was like, mm, "Come here, honey." And then you said, "What?"
1: I think I was worried about L.A. becoming a wasteland or something. No,
0: it was, it was. No, that came right afterwards. Right after that. You were like, if the first thing was like, did you know that there's going to be a second wave that could kill more than the first? No, and I then, already knew that. It was something like that. And then and I was like, oh, okay. And then the next thing was, oh, and my friend is moving away because LA is going to become a wasteland.
1: No, no, no. Here's what I was worried about. It really struck me like how long things might be. Right. Because I'm like, okay, LA is another three months. It's already been three months. Right. Now it's six months. And then... The I read to this week in The Week, which is how I get my news. I really love it. It tells you every single side of whatever article everyone's talking about. You know where about. I
0: get my news? Where? Two words. Plandemic. Plandemic. <laughs> That's where I get my news.
1: But anyway, I read in The Week this week that... Uh, the quickest they've ever done a vaccine before was, I think, for polio, and that was four years.
0: Right. Ralph Lauren, uh, he discovered the (laughs) vaccine for polio. But it
1: might not have... I I think they said polio. But anyway,
0: that was the point is, how
1: are they going to get a vaccine for this? And then I just... And I don't want to be the early adopter to a vaccine, so I just feel like this might be, like, another two years. Maybe it'll become a a way of life. You know, and then once it's going around everywhere, anything could happen. Someone could... Put it in a bottle and release it. I mean, I don't know, like, how dangerous... Put it in a bottle or and release it? <laughs> I'm just saying they could... If if the if the coronavirus keeps having waves and we can't be protected from it, I don't know. I just started to think, like... I, I started to feel like a prisoner.
0: Yeah, And I right. felt like
1: there was... I've never felt before, like, there's no escape. Like, there's not even an escape, like...
0: You didn't feel that when we got married and you <laughs> made a vow, a lifetime vow?
1: But, I mean, sometimes it's like you can... You can at least dream of escaping. Or, you know, if you got money, you could escape to this place. Or if you got money, things...
0: I did think about that today. I was, like, thinking about... Oh, my friend is a pilot. He's been listening to the podcast, so I'll give him a shout-out. My friend, Keith Hashimoto, is a pilot. And he he's uh, he's flying and He flies to Guam a lot. He lives in Hawaii. And he flies to Guam a lot. And he said that in Guam, they have no cases of covid and I was thinking, well, that'd be kind of nice to, like, you know, spend five months in Guam. And then I realized, oh, they have no case of COVID because I can't go to Guam. Like, we can't... I it just hit me kind of like a ton Isn't of bricks. Isn't it like,
1: like a U.S. territory, though, or something?
0: Yeah. I mean, my point is, like, you can't go anywhere. Like, this is the only time in our lifetimes right. where you, you literally can't travel to other countries.
1: And you have to wear a mask to the beach.
0: I started Googling... um this is when you know things have been going on for too long. I started Googling like MapQuest directions to Mexico. I was like, how long would it take for us to drive to Punta Mita? <laughs> the answer is 24 hours. And then I realized you would never allow us to do that. But it would be nice because we could get my RV. I own an RV. We could get my RV and we could drive 24 hours and be in Punta Mita sailing. You don't at- think
1: Mexico might have some issues happening right now? Sure,
0: but we have issues too. So what's the difference?
1: Well, I don't know. I'd have to look up how things are spreading and what's what's happening.
0: I heard something fucked up. Uh, oh, I guess There's ha- a
1: lot of news to keep track of right now.
0: Jaime talked about it, but I read an article after he mentioned it. In Mexico, people are attacking people in scrubs. Yeah, why? Because they there's like a conspiracy because idiocy doesn't only rest in the continental United States. In the same strain of brain rot that this country is slowly becoming infected with where they're like actually blaming the medical community for profligating prop prof, prof profligating, profligating uh, the numbers of covid deaths and, and and somehow you know profiting from covid well, it's gone a little further, that kind of in narrative. Mexico, in Mexico, think, right. It's gone further that they're actually infecting people. And I guess, whatever it is, but there's people that have been attacked in the streets. In fact, the, oh, the hospitals right. say, don't wear your scrubs home anymore. Oh, in in fact, they say, um, the hospital staff said, uh, don't want no scrubs.
1: Well, all right. Well, let me just tell you this, because this has to do with what you've just told me. Um, but you're an excellent cook. Thank you so much. You are very improvisational.
0: Thank you so much.
1: When it comes to sauces,
0: I'm a saucier.
1: You cook healthy.
0: A healthy saucier.
1: Um, you use every spatula. Yes. Every spice.
0: I'm a spatulier. We have
1: two pizza cutters. Every time they're dirty, when you cook, you uh, you make a big mess.
0: That does seem connected to what I was just so talking So anyway, about. what I'm I was saying, you, that up.
1: you cook for us every night,
0: mm-hmm. and ever it's delicious. Off, if I were ever to cut off a finger with one of those pizza <laughs> cutters, guess what Natasha's reaction would be? Hmm. Or how curious? Okay, or, I'm,
1: I'm going somewhere with this. So yes, you're ma'am. an amazing cook, Thank and you, so you make a big mess. You make a big mess, and I spend a lot of time in the kitchen cleaning because sure. that's kind of our arrangement. Right. So I've been listening to podcasts as I clean the dishes or spend, you know, wiped. And also we have a two year old, so it's like everything has grime over it. So I feel like I'm constantly like getting stuff off. So anyway, um, I'm listening to podcasts, and I got bored the other night, so I put on Joe Rogan. <laughs> put on Elon Musk on Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that he was suing California because they won't let him produce, but whatever. So he keeps saying the same thing you're saying, that the deaths are being, they're they're lying about the deaths. I'm not saying that. No, I know, but you were mentioning that that's what's happening in Mexico.
0: That people think that. Yes, and then Elon
1: Musk kept saying that anyone who is uh, sick in the hospital who has a COVID symptom and dies it gets marked as covid and then the hospitals make money and then joe rogan's like well where did you hear about this he's like he's like naming all these scientific journals so i'm like okay well if that's true that makes me feel a little more at ease but then i googled it and then there's no proof of it and then i start thinking that podcast is so big is everyone just lying how do you ever get any information that's correct You know, you've got to ask a million people to find out anything. And then like people go on the biggest podcast in the world and say things that aren't true. And then people just have so much ability to spread disinformation
0: Well, a few things uh elon musk has hardcore kanye energy he's like the kanye of electric cars
1: you can tell if someone's mentally ill by what they name their kid
0: <laughs> his kid has
1: like two numbers in it right i heard it's pronounced Kyle. letter okay well that's not what he said on the podcast what, how do you he,
0: say it was pronounced he
1: was like i don't it was like 49 dash x or i don't know it was like numbers it it's, wasn't a name it's
0: kind of cool to like take your mentally ill quirk and give it to your child as a gift you know what I mean? Be like, I'm not going to keep this to myself. I'm going to pay it forward to my next generation.
1: I know you shouldn't get your news from Elon Musk. I'm well, just saying I was should... bored and I listened to this stuff. And, and then, then I'm like, you oh. You came to
0: me and you were like, oh my God, guess what? <laughs> Don't worry. The COVID deaths have been largely inflated. And I was like, well, where'd you hear that? And you were like, Elon Musk. And I was like, the hybrid guy? Like, that's the problem. Is that?
1: But I do like listening to Joe Rogan's interviews. So he's I'll... a
0: good interviewer. But the problem is uh, that... People no longer respect expertise. Like Joe Rogan had a real expert on a few, uh, a a couple months ago. He had two epidemiologists in a row on. That's who I listen to when it comes to viruses, is virologists, medical professionals, and epidemiologists. I have so many people in my my feed that are like, it's such a... I know it's not possible to talk to people that that are truth or that are truthers about any subject, but it's like how can you possibly feel comfortable with the mental process where you decide beforehand what you want to believe and then the only videos or articles that you ever believe are the ones that reinforce the thing you've already decided you believe? Like, how can that feel intellectually satisfying? You know what I'm saying? Like if I doubt that COVID's real. I think that it's a government conspiracy and oh lo and behold the clips that I think are true are two words pandemic and that like one doctor you know, that that's the, the what Erickson or something that everybody's passing around it's like and then if they get debunked so I believe whatever supports my belief system and and I disbelieve any debunking that's that's passed around there is like there is the thing about science is I was thinking about this the other day because I was arguing with a friend who's gone full-on COVID truther, like, red pill, you know, like, uh, COVID was an inside job. And he was just doing this thing where he's like, that they all do. It was like, well, you know, I guess we just believe in different scientists. It's like, no. The, no, the whole thing about science is it's not about believing a scientist. It's the, it's that science, they, they're the whole point of the scientific method a lot of people accuse people that are that believe in science of being like worshipful of science and thinking that science is infallible and scientists never lie. Scientific method is good not because scientists don't lie but because they know that scientists do lie which is why there are checks and balances with the scientific method. The whole point of scientific method. Am I rambling too much? The whole point of scientific method yes? No? No. The whole point of scientific <laughs> method is that somebody has a theory. This is the opposite of the process I was just just discussing, right? It's not I come up with a theory and then I find things to support my theory. It's I have a theory. I put the theory to the test to try to disprove it. If I don't disprove it, I publish it then other scientists come along and they try to repeat the experiment to make sure that I wasn't wrong or lying.
1: So one scientist saying one thing... Means nothing. Right. The
0: whole point of sci- the scientific method and peer reviews is not... It's not sci- science I get it. is reliable because scientists don't lie. It's science is reliable because everybody lies. And that's why they've put in a system to make sure that things are repeatable. So if you're getting your, if you're getting your news sources on any subject from an outlier in the scientific community then you're then and using their scientific credentials as a as a as a proof that they know what they're talking about you're actually disproving your own point because you're not if they're not peer reviewed and they're not they don't they don't have a repeatable experiment or repeatable information then their scientific credentials mean nothing because they're not actually using the scientific method rant over you guys take some calls (laughs) (laughs) are you okay
1: well that's exactly why I like to get my news from the week because I feel like at least I like to know what everyone's saying about something I'm not just trying to you know only listen to what people tell me to listen to like I always want to hear everything but you know I, I just feel like very helpless in this situation and there really is no answer like even you saying that it's like Well, then there's other things. Like maybe, you know, scientists don't care enough about people who are going to die from being poor. I don't know. It's like, there's just so much to wrap your head around. Yes, obviously, scientists know what's best for preventing an illness. Right. But do they 100% know what's best? I don't know. No, you're,
0: uh, that is a really. People
1: are going to be sick and poor and. It's going to be really bad, and things are things are bad, and things are going to get worse. And homeless—you think you have a homeless problem now? Like, I just feel like it's it's going to impact like so heavily, and you know, and then our our—I
0: don't know. No, I mean, you you make a very valid point that science isn't the science isn't the only source to listen to about what we should do.
1: They definitely know what to do to prevent, to prevent a disease. The
0: scientific arm right. of this particular right. crisis win but you're 100 correct that a thing like this doesn't just affect science it doesn't just it's not just a, a virus or not but that the problem really is that like this has become an ideological fight and like virus don't care virus just want to eat you know virus isn't like oh you're oh you're maga oh okay you don't believe in me like madonna
1: said rich or poor
0: absolutely the
1: virus affects us all
0: (laughs) no but it's true there are no good answers science can only give us a good answer on how to uh, mitigate uh, the spread or mitigate the overwhelming of population in in, in in the in the hospitals i mean the truth is that a thing like this happens and it's such a insane we talked about this a few weeks ago it's such an insane cascade effect that it starts to affect everything almost immediately it's not just our old people dying, or the immunocompromised dying. It's also like, uh, how many people are going to die because of poverty? Is it going to outstrip the amount of people that die because, I mean, because of the illness? Uh, what will the long-term effects of an economic collapse be for our healthcare system? So, will more people die in the healthcare system, unrelated to COVID, because it, it just starts to like ripple out and ripple out? This is exactly what happens in war, you know, war everybody thinks, oh, well, you fight a war, it's about, the, the war's fought. It's like, no, you got economic collapse or economic, uh, you know, profiteering from from sometimes from the winning side. Uh, people are dying. There's infections. I mean, it's all fucked up. But, take heart, Natasha. Yeah. This is not the first time that this has happened in human history. This is not the first time that human beings have faced a, a, a crisis. And it's not, this is not the end. Is It's like, this is, just another chapter in human history
1: okay can i say something yeah you think there is a time in human history where the whole world sheltered in place
0: there is definitely was a time the whole world there was definitely a time in human history where where a huge huge swath of the world was affected by a by a, a pandemic that's not what i asked i mean you do i think that there's been a time in human history where exactly what's happening now was happening probably not i guess no
1: i just think it's unique
0: it is definitely unique. It is a, it is a It is novel. It is no, a novel coronavirus. <laughs> it is a novel one of the more novel of the coronavirus. I'm
1: life. just saying I I, I can't buy that like the the argument that this has happened before.
0: I my point wasn't don't worry this isn't a big deal. My point and, was don't give up hope because human beings are resilient and we every we will be okay. Everyone will be okay. I mean not everyone some people will die an agonizing death of COVID 19 and some people will go into horrible economic uh down spiraling that will happen what
1: about what about not the horrible economic down spiraling what about just like everything just like going down because that is what it will feel like and it's you know what i mean it's not just like oh those like rare people who you know it's really sad but they did like die a horrible death and they did like lose all their money but it's like everything just like there's just a degeneration is that the right word of everything there's no more comedy clubs there's no more restaurants everything's people can't really socialize we don't hug i think we should take some calls
0: (laughs) on that note
1: well i just feel like i need to like get out of my
0: well I will say, yes, okay, we can take some calls. I mean, all I will say is... I'm feeling
1: very heavy, so I... Yeah, no,
0: all I will say is, is that probably you, your mindset right now is representing the mindset of a lot of people right now. It's been going on a long time. It's starting to feel like torture. It's starting to feel like we're like I
1: have it good. Right. I mean, yes, it's torture. My child is like not going to adapt properly, possibly,
0: because she can't ha- have a friend, she might become one of those monsters that, when someone she cares about hurts themselves, she just looks and laughs.
1: <laughs> but that's the worst thing that's happening to me,
0: right? But what you I know, but what I was going to say is, I
1: have food, I have a house, you know,
0: your dope
1: ass st- husband,
0: D-A-H, A da. All I was going to say is, you're spiraling, and when you're spiraling, the the best practices is, is not to grab a hold of the misery and see how far down it can take you. It's the most, you know, psychology 101 thing is like, try to find something bright and buoyant to keep you afloat. Because there's a lot to grab onto that is negative and dark right now. But there is a lot of beauty out there too, you know. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can focus on that aren't this. Natasha? Yeah. You gonna be okay? Yes. Yes. Should we take some calls? Yes. Okay, let's take some calls.
1: Okay, now we're going to call Melanie in British Columbia. Hello? Melanie? Hello? Hey,
0: Hey. Melanie, can you help my wife? Because she's kind of spiraled into a really dark place with all the COVID (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Well, we were wondering if you maybe we could oh, no. turn the, if we could maybe turn the tables tonight and have you give her a little bit of uh, advice.
2: Oh no, I'm calling you guys for advice, so oh, maybe right. we can both help each other. <laughs> <laughs> Great.
0: Why Why do you call? What do you need? How can we help?
2: Yeah. So, um, my husband and I—we've been married for four years now. Um, we've been trying to conceive for all four of those years um, unsuccessfully. So. This year we started fertility treatments um, but covid of course put a pause to that. however, during the treatments, I noticed that the romance kind of started to fade a little bit you sense you lose that sense of um, specialness with your body when you're being poked and prodded everywhere <laughs> um, so I'm just wondering now that we've got our kind of our um vibe back in our relationship how can we maintain that um, going back into fertility treatments? because I know you guys have had some medical
0: assistance with conceiving that's a good question oh
1: you guys are like horny for each other now because you're like not going to the clinic and you're not on all the drugs it's dress. funny I know
2: it's like now that I'm not like tracking everything and everything I'm just yeah. like yeah let's do this and we've had some really good um, times you can say you can say <laughs> um, sex on the 20,
0: podcast so. you're allowed to say
1: yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah. I know you're
0: Canadian, and you guys are naturally polite as a genetic thing, but um, but you could say sex.
1: I have to say that having a baby definitely felt like work. <laughs> right. mm, you yeah. know, For me, I mean, because it took a really long time, and I I also had to like do all that, so and have sex, and you know, hope hope it happens. So, you know, it's you do kind of have to just like think of the greater good in a way and just like watch porn, grease yourself up, do whatever you need to do, <laughs> <laughs> get some new lube, you know, maybe you want like,
0: Oh yeah. What do we have? We had, um, we had liquid. Yeah. They, they We had a fert- <laughs> our fertility clinic recommended a, a, a lube for conceiving called Sliquid. I don't know if it helped or not because in the end it was the, it was the doctor and a needle that was the the, the true sliquid, sliquidator. liquid liquidator i will say this as a man oh. as a man i this isn't quite an answer to your question but as a man watching natasha go through it i was like uh, it's, a, you're right. It's not a horny time. It's like there's needles and there's pills and there's, I mean, hormones and it's just like a, it's, it's a, it's, it's gnarly. There's blood involved. I was pricking Natasha. Usually when I'm able to prick a woman with a sharp object, that actually turns me on a lot. But when it's somebody that I care about and think of as a human being, it doesn't have the same psychological effect. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, what I was going to say was I was so blown away by Natasha's, uh, I I don't want to say journey because that sounds so so, so wishy washy, but I was like, I was sort of in awe of how much she had to go through as uh, as a woman going through all that stuff. That I was like, I don't know, it wasn't horny or hot, but it was definitely like love m- felt. It felt like a more intense version of love watching her go through that. And then once we got through it, we're back in the saddle, baby. Uh, I'm not I'm not Canadian, so I'll tell you what we fuck all the time we fucking we, we fuck constantly we're we're over here fucking we're quarantine fucking this covid fuck you know
2: well there's one thing that kind of gets in the way um of that situation for us um his mother actually lives in our
3: basement
2: <laughs> oh man <laughs> way to that's bury so
3: the
0: lead.
2: canadian
0: you think it is
2: he's great She's great. Like I get along with her super well, but um, yeah, that's just that extra. Well, like I'll tell you a story. (laughs) The other night we um, had some wine and played a little bit of strip poker in the living room while everybody was downstairs. But that that old thing. Yeah, what are
0: you guys getting your sex tips from a (laughs) 1970s sex manual?
1: (laughs) You (laughs) and your boyfriend play strip poker.
2: and our clothes were just all over the living room and I was just like, oh my God, she knew. And it's just like, she's, she knows. She knew she's what, that you guys oh, have sex?
0: Knows. Or she knew you guys kind of do like yeah. hacky sex tricks. <laughs> <laughs> I, right, so you uh, you, you kind of have a double whammy of unsexiness happening in your family, which is that when you're not sticking yourself with uh, hormones and pregnancy in uh, egg harvesting chemicals you've got your mother-in-law popping up from the basement saying did you get a full house that that kind of thing
2: (laughs) yeah it's uh it's interesting but i i wouldn't it's it's good she's gone now for the summer so she just left um last week so it'll be a little more freedom i guess
1: (laughs) well i will tell you that hearing moshe talk about that because i kind of forgot about it a little bit it was definitely worth it to have a kid and i'm so happy i did
0: yeah, I mean, so you know, no. you
1: got to think like, I don't know, you know, yeah, maybe your pussy's not as wet as you'd love it to be, but
0: you know, get <laughs> over it. That's probably the way you talk, right? <laughs> no, and 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 you, and you know what? Actually, you can't, you did help us because I, this is what I was trying to say to Natasha earlier when she was in her COVID spiral. The advice that I would give to you is the same advice that I would give to Natasha the advice i give to you about the unsexy phase of the fertility clinic stuff and natasha with the panicked feeling of being locked and sheltered in place is that life is long and this too shall pass it it's a it's a momentary blip in your journey and i i i was vulgar but it's true like the the romance that natasha and i have now it's it's totally back to normal and that period where it was like chemically interrupted that just feels like a far away kind of memory and it wasn't a sexy time for for us but it's like it went away and now we have unbe- mm. unbelievable sex we're we're playing stri- uh, strip go fish we're playing strip uh, war. We're, uh, uh, Operation. Operation. Rummy cub. Hungry, uh, hungry
1: hippo. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love when you play hungry, hungry hippos. That's great. That's a good one. We get a that requires a lot of slickwood. I slather myself in slickwood, and Natasha just jumps on top of me from above on my head and just swallows me up inside of her. It's pretty awesome.
1: Well, I think you. I, it's good that you have a partner. It's good that you're on the right track. Just keep at it. Hopefully, you'll have this kid. And uh, I think we've been very helpful.
0: <laughs> but it is. Uh, yeah, I think you have been very helpful. No, Thank you guys very much. You're <laughs> welcome. No, Natasha said it right. It's worth it. The journey is worth it. It's difficult, but if it wasn't tough, it wouldn't be worth doing. I don't know if that makes sense or if it's even true, but I just said it.
2: I say that all the time. That's awesome. Great. Thank you guys so much. I really uh, love the show and thanks for all that you do.
0: Well, thank you. Good luck. We can't wait to hear uh, what the name of this child is. Hopefully, it's Moshe. Okay. (laughs)
1: Thank you. Bye. That reminded me of something that I heard that helped me out of a little bit of my spiral is there's this podcast that I've been listening to called Sugar Calling and they call all of these writers who are over 65 to ask them about the pandemic and they were talking to Alice Walker, and she was saying how advice for kids because all these people are having a lot of hard time with their teens, like we talked about last week, you know, mm-hmm. like, and the teens want to go out and play with their friends and there. And she was like, "Yeah, you have teens
0: to. love to go out and play,
1: <laughs> well, or whatever, play, like Hopscots, You want a skateboard? You want to like go hang out at the parking and lot?
0: and fuck, I think is what you're okay, for. but
1: you want to leave your house, yeah, you know, you don't want to like be at home with your mom, right? Anyway, what she was saying is it's only a year." Mm-hmm. A year in the scope of like your life is so small. So, what can you do in that year that y- you never thought you could do? Right. What is that, you know? And for me, I don't really have the time to be able to do something besides like being a mother.
0: <laughs> You're but also I, writing a book.
1: That's true. But I'm, I, if I were with, with this time I have, like I could get like, you know more into motherhood than i was going to i was right. paying i basically am spending at least 40 more hours a week with my child than i used to right. that's a lot of time because the nanny wasn't here like at night when i was sleeping right you know she, so i just think this is this is maybe a time like the advice alice walker was giving parents to tell their teens i do think it's the same with us like what could you do in this year that you if wouldn't you want have it?
0: otherwise done maybe yeah i like that i think that's good and i i You know, that seems to be the the recurring bits of advice that I'm hearing is like try to do something, try to accomplish something and try to reprioritize what what meaningful is to you.
1: But I don't even mean by like accomplish something like if you always wanted to like read for a year Mm -hmm. or like learn, I don't know, something that's like you've got to be vaguely interested in. Right you know, piano or... Oh, is
0: that why you were asking about fisting? <laughs> it was right after you listened to the Alice Walker thing. I didn't know that was one of your goals and I'm sorry that I reacted so poorly to it.
1: Anyway, that girl seemed fine.
0: She did, but it's a, I, I related to her. It's a hard time. So, uh, love to you in British Columbia and uh, you want to do some secrets? Sure, Moshe. Okay, Natasha here's a secret
4: hey natasha mosha um i just listened to one of the recent episodes and i noticed that you guys played one of my secrets i was with coven girl and it was community college so i'm pretty sure that's what it was a fucking coven it was in the middle of nowhere it was crazy um let me clarify some things i'm kind of more open with my life so a lot of the the sinister things that i've done i'm not it's not really secrets you know but i, I thought of two more things that i that like not a lot of people know um one time when i was a kid i hated my babysitter i'm pretty sure she was racist and she treated me like a servant more than like a kid that she loved so i decided to put nail polish remover in her dentures case one time um and then i blamed it on my younger sister because it was more likely that she would do something like that than me. Um They believed it. And another thing that I did um, in college was my roommate was horrible to me, and she used my stuff without asking and broke it and never thought to pay me back, and she was just horrible. So I took her favorite jacket and I threw it away. Um, it was really important to her, and I just didn't care. But, you know, I've grown, okay? I I consider myself a better person now.
0: Okay, bye. So, first of all, what happens when you put nail polish remover in dentures?
1: Her babysitter had dentures?
0: Yeah, it's like an old maid, I guess, who is like barking orders at her. <laughs> Bring me soup. <laughs> Mama wants soup. Um, Mama pro- likes the white race. Mama wants soup.
1: Probably um it tastes bad for like a second and you just like spit it out.
0: Oh, it's not like your gums like are like. I mean, evaporate. immediately
1: you probably know something like terror, but that's pretty intense.
0: I, I want you to call us back and leave the sinister things that you're more open with. Uh, I'm trying to get more information about you out there. I want to know everything that you got. So if you're listening, we don't just take secrets. Also, if you've told other people, but they're incredibly fucked up, interesting stories, go ahead and drop them.
1: But here's the truth of the matter is that... That stuff's not that bad. No, I used to fantasize. There was this girl called Julie Porter, and she, she was-, was she had this beautiful red hair, mm. and all the guys liked her. And I always like fantasized about breaking into her house and cutting off all her hair. I used to. But the point is, I, if I was like had a little bit different background, I probably would have done something to her. Maybe probably. I would have like stolen her jacket or whatever, That's you know? That's like a
0: straight up Grimm's fairy tale you're talking about. <laughs> there was a beautiful <laughs> redheaded woman and all of the lads in the land <laughs> loved her only, but a dark haired woman laughed at the pain you. of others wearing a harlequin. It takes
1: a long time to know that you can't like, you know, that girl probably wouldn't do that now.
0: I used to, I, w- I remember I had this American Sign Language class when I was in community college and uh, and this one woman signed so annoyingly that I used to have this recurring fantasy that I would jump out of my chair and do like a a, a Ryu style like karate kick across <laughs> the room and kick her in the face like every class that's what I would picture jumping out of my chair and just like ha, ha Duken, across the the classroom and just busting her in the face but I never did that either what's See, the most... some
1: kids do that right some it... people go past the the thought some I guess. adults
0: do too right well let's see if our next secret went all the way there
3: hi i have a little secret for you guys uh, my family keeps asking how i'm spending my time during the quarantine and i haven't told them that most of it has been spent trying to launch my custom audio porn business I developed a pretty decent following doing audio porn on a website called TriQuinn, um, and that was just sort of a side hustle I had. But when all my other work disappeared at the start of the pandemic, I thought, now might be the time to take this more seriously, so it has been mostly unsuccessful, uh, the first <laughs> Uh, inquiry I received was from a British man who wanted me to go gay for pay but for no pay (laughs) Um, so I politely declined but we ended up emailing about our anxieties and I ultimately shared my favorite guided meditation with him and most recently I spent about four days and probably 40 ish emails trying to explain to a woman who seems to be in her 60s or 70s how to complete a Cash App transaction. Um, So finally got her money um, after she's gotten off to the thing I sent her, uh, as far as I am aware, like six times at this point. Um, But yeah, it's been a, a fun little quarantine project that nobody really knows about except for the people who uh, are, you know, emailing me asking how much and then never emailing me again. Um, hope you guys stay safe and come to me if you've got any audio porn needs. Thanks.
0: Well, you're a little long-winded. I'll start there. I mean, I'll I
1: mean, turn... now I was like kind of at the end. I was like, okay, I can get off to this voice.
0: <laughs> He's got a nice voice. There's no question. I get why he thought he should go into it. But... But it's also like it might be the how long these emails back are, buddy. And you know, it's, like, it's like I
1: don't know, he kept me interested.
0: I was interested. I was interested. I
1: want to know what his guided meditation is that he loves. I Email do, us. I
0: want to know that as well. Please send that. We will not pay you for that because meditation <laughs> is something that should be shared openly. Um, I also realized in this secret that, you know, like we have three categories of secrets, it feels like unique stuff and then revenge. And sex work. It's like, is that what all people are secretly doing? I think that is. All people are secretly like hurting people that hurt them or working in the sex industry. I I didn't know that starting this podcast. That's really enlightening.
1: Well, first of all, you know... Yeah, it's like if you have a cute voice and people have told you it, and you've you know, sure.
0: why not? You know what? We're gonna do a, you're, we're gonna do you a favor. He
1: enjoys it. It's not damaging him.
0: We're gonna do you a favor. Whatever your name is, Triquin is what I'll call you. You call back, call our secrets hotline, and leave us a sample, and we'll play it on the podcast <laughs> next week. Leave us a sample of some of the hottest audio porn you can come up with, and uh, and that's great that you're getting seventy year olds off four times. That's amazing. Four, amazing. Th- so specific. Four times. Uh, we won't pay you, uh, we will, but we will steal your intellectual property. So go ahead and leave that on the Secrets Hotline, and uh, you can even leave your little tag, your, your gamer tag or whatever, and maybe that people hit you up from our podcast and have you, um, you know, do your thing.
1: Let's hear another one. Hello,
2: Natasha and Moshe. I have a secret eating habit that uh, nobody in my family knows Uh, at least once a month i go to kfc and i buy a box of fried chicken and uh, i also buy a bat of hummus and i stick the the chicken inside the hummus and i eat it which is a disgusting habit i also put instant coffee in my cereal
3: thank you
0: i love that thank you good night thank (laughs) you and with that i'm out
1: wait well here's what my first thing that came to my head is where is he eating it
0: in the car gotta be in the car for sure in the car
1: see like if he was bringing that home to like a picnic
0: that's cute you know what i think that could be the way for you to find freedom sir
1: yeah just eat it al fresco
0: yeah you bring it home one day and you say (laughs) guess what family i've got a big surprise i have thought of a new snack i don't know if it'll be good because i've never tried it but it's this extra tasty crispy and this sabra hummus, and I'm gonna um, let's dip and slip.
1: It's called chicken and hummus al fresco.
0: That's right, and and for breakfast, senka
1: <laughs> and rice krispies.
0: <laughs> that was a good one. I like that. A, a, a secret eating life is that's pretty cool. What's the nastiest thing you eat?
1: I'll tell you. I've been thinking about it today. That episode we had the guy say the Cuban dairy freak.
0: Oh, you like that condensed milk.
1: I've been putting condensed milk. I have it. This is how gross I am. I've become. I have opened this can of condensed milk. It went everywhere.
3: Mm. Now
1: I've been using it in my coffee and now I put it in a bowl to contain because every time it's so <laughs> it's like thick and like, gelatinous. It, yeah, it's egg, like you can't pour it out of the can. It can't live in the can. And then also, like, ha- it's just globs. So now there's globs, like, all down. It. And then mm. I've got a big bowl, and I just put it in the fridge.
0: You should re- read this on TriQuin. <laughs> I'm getting turned on. Hey, f- guys, I got a... Re- speaking of condensed milk, I got a recipe for that ass. Oh, I gotta, that was good. I got a quarantine recipe. I tried something You're such tonight. a good cook, Moshe. Well, this was just something I saw on a video. I wish I could t- I could say who it was, because I-, I saw it on Instagram. Anyway, it's very simple. It's, it's Brazilian um, limeade. You take five limes. You you eighth them, quarter them. So cut it in half, cut that in half, cut that in half on both sides. Put five limes, peel and all in your blender. Three quarters of a cup of sugar. Fill it up with cold water and then uh, about a half a cup of condensed milk. Put it in the blender. Blend that bad boy up. Blend it, blend it, blend it. Peels and all. Then you pour it through a strainer to get the peels out and you drink and boy, it's like carnival in your mouth.
1: Well, this isn't a food blog. So I know, maybe I'm we just should... saying
0: we would made it tonight. And I, I thought the carnival in your mouth was a very nice homage to Brasilia. Let's play another secret.
2: Hi, I have a secret. So my ex has been asking me to come over during this quarantine. And I'm seriously considering it because I really want to steal his wallet (laughs) um i have no reason to but i fantasize about that thank you
0: amazing
1: more of these fantasies
0: it's what you were talking about but she's thinking about taking to the next level and using his horniness as a as a road in
1: but what is she going to do with his wallet? Cancel his credit cards? Or it's, it's you cutting? Credit-
0: it's you cutting the hair of Julie Porter. <laughs> it's that's all that it is. It's me drop kicking the lady from across the ASL classroom. But she's going to do it. Steal his wallet. I bet you what she does is my guess. She goes to his house. She actually has sex with him. She's not she-
1: going to go to his house. It's unsafe.
0: Right, but let's say that's she- not unsafe. It's, it's her, her
1: ex boyfriend. She doesn't know what he's doing. She obviously doesn't really like him. She wants to steal his wallet. She's
0: going to go. She's going to bang him one last time, take the wallet and throw it in a public uh, trash can right outside of his house and just think to herself, job well done. But then she's going to catch COVID from the guy and it's not going to end well.
1: That would be a fun feeling. Yeah. To know like if someone really like wronged you, you're like, well, at least I like fucked up like two months of their life. Like (laughs) they have to make so many calls to call centers.
0: We say do it. We say do it. We we support. I don't support this. No, I guess I don't either. Do we have another?
4: Hey, Mosha. Hey, Natasha. So
0: my secret is that uh, when I was younger, maybe 12 or 13, I was extremely horny, as 13-year-old boys
4: are, and I wanted to feel something vaginal, I guess, and the closest thing I had was my mom's tampons and pads, so I took a bath and i just dumped a bunch of tampons and pads and they were just floating around me there were probably a dozen of them and somehow that turned me on um and i jerked off in the bathtub to my mom's tampons and pads floating around me um it's pretty weird don't told, don't didn't tell anybody this before um but yeah it was um it was fun all right love the show bye guys
0: <laughs> that's why we do the podcast <laughs> that's what it's all about right there that image of that young boy in a bathtub filled with his mother's tampons
1: boys get more horny than girls probably
0: pro- at that age for sure if there
1: was a girl who was like that intent of like getting her rocks off she'd probably be in jail
0: yeah i mean I, that was- that's
1: pretty normal for a guy right
0: well, I've never heard a story like that in No, my life. that is
1: unique. But That
0: was very unique. <laughs>
1: but I mean, I'm, I remember guys telling me, you know, they just like, as soon as they learned about it, they were just like dumping shampoo, lotion, anything you could put on it and just like jerking it at any moment.
0: I did jerk off a lot. I'll say to the- I did too. To the young people out there listening, if you're a 12, 13 year old boy and you want to recreate that fantasy of your mom's tampons and pads, do not use the extra absorbent tampons because <laughs> the bath will dry up immediately and you'll just be sitting in an empty tub.
1: Well, that is a good joke for a (laughs) twelve-year-old.
0: Is that all? Yeah. Let's let's take let's let's take another call. Let's take another call. You good? Yeah. What's the matter? Nothing. What?
1: Nothing. Everything's fine.
0: I know things are bad for you, Natasha. When you look at your phone, sigh, turn it upside down, and throw it on the floor.
1: Oh, I was just thinking like there's no point in being in Los Angeles because we're going to have to shelter in place for a year and a half. So like maybe everyone should just disperse to the middle of the country.
0: Well, we do have a, um, I know that I'm accusing you of panicking a bit, but I did find out the internet service provider at my family's cabin in far, far Northern California. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if we could do Zoom and podcast stuff from there. Could you? I will call and find out. But in the meantime, let's take another call. Okay. We're now going to call Lorna, who's in Colorado. Hello. Hi, Lorna.
1: How, hi. Hi, it's How's it Moshe going?
0: Kasher. Good. How are you?
1: And Natasha Legero. Hi. I'm good.
0: Good. What's happening? Tell us everything.
5: Okay. Okay. Um. So, um, I'm vegan and congratulations I... <laughs> thanks um yeah so i just i found it really hard to date while being vegan um i would like to date someone who shares those values but as you can imagine it's it's
1: very limiting um that the does sound of... hard yeah, yeah. No, i mean really like because everyone i know who's vegan they're always coupled up
0: you think vegans a
1: lot of times vegans or,
0: fucking vegans
1: yeah,
5: yeah i would yeah. like to i would like to be fucking vegans but mm. there's just i don't know like yeah. there's not that many out there
0: right 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 you know it's funny one of my i don't know if you guys relate to this oh you're not on facebook lorna are you on facebook
5: Um, kind of, I don't really go on it. I'm more of an Instagram girl.
0: Well, one of the, um, yeah, Facebook definitely is for, uh, for old people that don't believe in the COVID uh, virus. But, um, one of the advantages for me with Facebook is all of a sudden the, I don't know how the algorithm works, but it seems like it's targeted for me to reintroduce me to people that I either haven't talked to in a decade or don't even know why I'm connected to them if they're having a kind of mental breakdown. And so I can kind of follow their descent And one of my one of my cringe followers right now on Facebook, her whole saga is about uh, that she is really bummed out because all she wants is a vegan man (laughs) and she can't find this vegan man. So it's so funny you're calling right now because I've been thinking about this already, how difficult this would be. Um, So what do you do? So do you do like, well, here's a question like. Where are you looking for these vegan men? Not at the butcher, I would assume.
5: <laughs> no, definitely not the butcher. Um, so I have, I've been to like, um, and I've just on it. Honest, I've honestly swiped. Wait, what did you like just say? Down. Can
0: you repeat what you just said? You've been, You've been, to, been like...
5: to where? Like a uh, vegan meetups.
0: Oh, oh, you do go to the meetups. That sounds good.
5: Yeah, there's just like, and this is crazy because I live in Boulder, Colorado, and you'd think there'd be just so many here, but I don't know. They're either like really into like meditation and clean living, or they're just like, I don't know. Like I'm not really about that life. I'm kind of just.
0: (laughs) Oh, you're like a dirty vegan. Yeah, you're like a grimy street. You're like a grimy street vegan. You
1: don't want to. You're a vegan, but you don't want to like let me ask you this is it ideologically like you don't want to be with someone who eats meat or it's just easier to find good restaurants and it's just more convenient
5: um you know it's like I don't know if you've ever seen that Anaziz I'm fucking up his name um but his show and he's like I just want to share my food with people and are
0: you talking about Aziz Ansari no yeah oh
1: (laughs) Anaziz um
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Anazis. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Anazis,
5: yeah. Um, He's just like, how are we going to share food? Like, how is this going to look? I mean, it's on the opposite scale because the girl he's trying to date is a vegetarian. But that's kind of how I feel only vegan.
0: Well, here's one of the problems I'm seeing, first and foremost, is that the type of person – it's true in every scene – that the type of person that's the loudest about it – is the worst advertisement for the scene it's true with christians it's true with burning man it's true with vegans it's true with every scene so the problem is the type of guy you're going to run into at a vegan meetup is going to be the most annoying like sort of beta like you know vegan activist annoying guy like there's so many vegans out there that are like cool chill vegans that just don't eat meat or or animal products but that's not who you're running into at a Boulder, Colorado vegan meetup. You're running into a, a hardcore didgeridoo manufacturer. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I've, I feel like also I've already dated all of the ones in the scene and they all know each other. So that's awkward as well. Right. Well,
1: you have to make a decision if this quality is a negotiable or a non-negotiable. You know, like I'm sure there are some things you have that are non-negotiable. You know,
5: what I was thinking about is, um, you know, just trying to convert some people, maybe. That
0: sounds cool, Lorna. Now you're talking, that sounds like a really chill way to find a partner. (laughs) You take your own ethics and values and you find a random person and try to uh, force them on that person. Now that sounds cool.
5: So I don't want to force it on anyone, of course. I don't want to be a nagging uh, potential girlfriend. But what I was kind of wondering is like, you know, Natasha, you converted to Judaism.
0: Oh, fair point. Touche, Lorna. (laughs) Touche.
5: Well, did you guys talk about that early on in the relationship or like how how did you navigate that?
1: Well, Moshe, was it a non-negotiable for you if if I wasn't Jewish?
0: No, I will tell you. Oh Lorna, actually, it's interesting you frame it like that because now I'm thinking about it in those terms. like
1: I knew it would make Moshe happy. Right. happier.
0: And, and I had come to a point in my life. When I was younger, it was very important to me to marry a Jewish woman. And then when I met Natasha as I got older and started to realize like that love kind of was more valuable than like it's not even a belief system for me. It's like a I don't know what, a tradition system that I was like, okay. I would have preferred it, but life with love—it's—it's it's not. It, it was definitely not a non-negotiable. No, and I didn't feel comfortable either telling Natasha, "I need you to convert." Which, if she had—if she had never done that, we would be married today, and nothing would have changed.
1: But okay. I was raised Catholic, and Judaism was an
0: upgrade. Right, and
5: <laughs> it is. It is as so, a as a fellow member of the tribe, I, I agree. Well, here is what I—but
0: <laughs> one thing I was thinking, though, as you said that, is that. The 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 beauty part of Natasha converting, she was down to do it. She has things in Judaism that she likes, but it's not a rigid system. It can be. There are people who are very rigid about Judaism, but the kind of Judaism we practice in in our house is very non-rigid. So it didn't require her, right? Would you say Natasha? That it didn't require you to like make big sacrifices. Exactly. And, And and so like maybe what you should be looking for, Lorna, is not a vegan it's a vegan if you get it vegetarian if you nasty and um, <laughs> and and, and, a, and a meat eater that's down to date a vegan uh, it, it, because love is probably more important you know it's like
1: yeah like i drink alcohol and smoke pot and moshe's sober and he he doesn't care and he always wants me to have a glass of wine and he always wants me to like smoke pot if i want to and and I'm kind of glad that I mean it's a totally different thing obviously. No. But like I'm glad that if I was with someone who was like me that would be really hard. But but the meat thing is different.
0: No, but Natasha's right. What she said in the first place, you have to find out if this is a non-negotiable. If it's not a non-negotiable, then your pool opens up to like vegan, vegetarian or down to date vegan. Like I I could date a vegan, no problem. And I, I eat meat I eat animal products, but I could if I fell in love with a vegan girl, I easily could date a vegan because it's not it's not a big deal to me to adjust my diet or lifestyle slightly. So that's what you should be looking for if it's a non negotiable. But if you're a hardcore if you're a hardcore born again um, vegan, then maybe you just gotta be rigid and go find somebody in the Seventh day Adventist church.
5: Yeah, I feel like I'm not I mean, I am very hardcore. I'm like a a blogger trying to start my own business. I'm a chef. Like, I feel like I could just convert them honestly with my food because it's so good. But the other problem is like I'm dating mostly online. And then There's just so many options, so I kind of get overwhelmed when I open it up to non-vegans where I'm like, I just don't even know where to start.
0: So your problem is, in the (laughs) vegan community, everyone's (laughs) annoying and you don't like them, but in the broader community, you just want to fuck everybody you see so you don't decide on anybody?
5: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I actually just end up ghosting everyone who's not (laughs) vegan because I just don't know.
1: You know what? Since it's online right now, I would like think of what you're favorite things are about like think of your ideal person and only only talk to them
0: yeah it occurs to me and uh it's pretty it it, it occurs to me that what you should be figuring out is not whether or not you should date a vegan but just you shouldn't be saying are you vegan you should be saying i'm vegan are you okay with that and so if you uh, and that should be that should be good enough and then you'll find out if you date a non-vegan and you you're disgusted every time he talks about ham then you could just wrap it up
1: All right, well, good luck, honey. We'll talk to you soon, Lorna. All right, thanks so much, guys. Bye. Thank you, Lorna. Bye. Okay, sorry I let her go so fast, but I mean, her main problem was that she was hot and had too many online hits.
0: (laughs) She did sound pretty hot, right? Her voice was hot. She's a vegan chef. (laughs) She lives in Colorado. I'm guessing she's She's like, banger. I'll
1: convert them. <laughs> she's like a
0: crunchy nine.
1: No, but the, but I do think that would be very challenging. And, you know, it's it's hard to meet anyone, though. That's why it's like some things are non-negotiables. And, you know, but having someone who treats you with respect, obviously, you're not going to be like, well, he could also not treat me with respect.
0: I do think if it's... If he wanted,
1: if he didn't want to. It
0: is interesting that if she was like, I'm Christian and I have to date a Christian man, I'd be like, okay, okay, respect, respect on that. But she's like, I'm vegan. I've dated a vegan. I'm like, oh, my God, grow up. Just just change the filter date a vegetarian you'll be fine it's it's interesting like what's the difference it's an ideology right
1: we used to have friends who were vegans and every time we went out to dinner with them it was so annoying
0: is that what do you mean we used to have friends that are vegans I have friends that are vegans now
1: like we had friends that were a vegan couple oh
0: a vegan couple see I don't mind that and I think probably it's because I um have a, a rabbi in my family i'm used to people having annoying dietary restrictions and just being like i okay, hate it yeah, yeah really i like
1: to go with the flow listen i'll it's tell like, you what uh, yeah sure i'll try rabbit
0: i'll tell you what <laughs> i'll tell you what i would as date long
1: as a, no one's annoyed
0: i would date a vegan i would not date a gluten-free that's annoying
1: is that a deal <laughs> is that a non-negotiable, that's a non-negotiable for, me. <laughs> for me
0: i'll, I'll do vegan because it'll be fun and exciting you start bringing me you start bringing me a uh A garbanzo flour muffin is fucking (laughs) over, dude. (laughs) Bye. See ya. Uh, All right. Every gluten-free person I have in my life, I always say, um, oh, have you done like a double blind uh, like placebo test just to make sure that you have it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a fun person to have as a friend. I'll be honest. (laughs) I'm not a fun person to have as a friend. But uh, you know what I am fun to have as? What, Most Husband.
1: You're a fun friend.
0: I'm a fun husband.
1: You are a fun husband,
0: and you know why I'm so fun. Why? Because I I have a a zest for life. I don't spi- I haven't spiraled through the quarantine.
1: Do you like a, s- s- a Nari? I like
0: Anusus Nari. <laughs> what what does she call him? Anusus. <laughs> I, I thought she was talking I, about something else completely, and I was like, "Wait, the food." She there. was like
1: quoting a TV show <laughs> for why she wanted a <laughs> vegan man.
0: Well. I'm all of those things. I
1: still liked her. I'm, you know.
0: I liked her too. I'd like to actually to get a pic, maybe on one of those dating sites. Actually, what I really like is a vegan meal. I do love a good vegan meal.
1: I know. I'm sorry, honey. I, well, Never oh, gonna make you
0: one. <laughs> I'll make you one. You know why I will cook you a vegan meal?
1: Why?
0: Because I eat. I cook healthy. <laughs> I cook tasty. And I love you.
1: I love you too.